from action to the actionless state outward karma inward meditation i have in the course of my talks dealt with a large number of religious rites it may seem that the rituals and the service done to fellow men are meant for others but in truth they are meant for ourselves by helping others by serving them by worshiping the lord we are rewarded with a sense of fullness others may really benefit from our help or may not but when we serve them we experience inward peace and happiness about this there is no doubt what is called paropakara is indeed upakara done to oneself in serving others we may have to undergo hardships make sacrifices and exert ourselves physically but the happiness and sense of fullness we obtain is far greater compared to the trouble taken by us the lord does not have to gain anything from the puja we perform in worshiping him in reading the sacred texts in going on pilgrimages we find inward joy why do we perform puja and why do we help others it is all for our own satisfaction our affection for our wife children and others is in fact affection for ourselves according to the upanishadic teaching it is for our own inner contentment that we love others we perform puja to the lord perpetually because of our devotion for him and we do social service presumably because of our love of mankind but in truth the reason is we like ourselves and find happiness in such acts for the sake of such happiness we do not mind encountering difficulties or making sacrifices to go in search of money fame and sensual pleasure thinking them to be good is to blacken our minds what is it that is good for us that which is good for the world and it is but a form of the paramatman this truth is known to our inner being we realize it deep in our mind that is why we find greater fulfillment in doing good to others unmindful of all the difficulties than in finding comforts for ourselves the world is a manifestation of the paramatman and so must we be too we must remove the mirror called the mind and experience the truth within us that we are none other than the paramatman this is what is called meditation all the work we do ought to lead finally to worklessness to the meditation of the atman the goal of all the sacraments i speak about is this our actions make us happy in many ways but in none of these actions do we find the peace that we enjoy during sleep how we suffer if we lose even a single night's sleep there is so much happiness in sleep do we not realize from this that the supreme comfort or happiness is worklessness dhyana or meditation is a state of being absorbed in the paramatman a state of non doing outward calm is a first step toward inward stillness and this stillness is to be brought about in degrees and will not be gained all at once that is why the wise tell us reduce all your sensual activities do not join the crowd try to disengage yourself from all work including that of doing good to the world keep away from money and dwell in the forest but do we listen to such advice we shall do so only when our mind is cleansed that is why so many rituals are prescribed to purify the mind the consciousness it means that instead of asking us not to do this and that we are asked to do this and that right it is natural for us to be involved in some work or other so without any regard 
for our personal likes and dislikes we perform the rites laid down in the shastras even here our personal likes and dislikes will intrude but unlike in the matter of meditation we succeed to some extent at least in curbing them during the conduct of the rite in due course with the grace of the lord we will be able to perform good works without minding the discomfort and ignoring our personal likes and dislikes desire and hatred will be reduced and the mind will become pure with the mind cleansed we will be able to perform one pointed meditation this is the time when we will be mature enough to forsake all works and become a forest recluse and practice meditation if you are able to meditate with utter one pointed meditation then everything will acquire the character of the paramatman there will be no need to leave everything and depart for the forest nor will it be necessary to speak of any religious discipline the forest the village solitude and crowd they are all the paramatman both work and meditation are the paramatman our inner peace will not be shaken by anything we can remain still and tranquil and it be all bustle outwardly in the beginning when it is not easy to control the mind and meditate on the atman perform rituals then gaining mental purity through them that is the rituals forsake karma and practice meditation yoga etc once perfection is attained in meditation and yoga nothing will affect us in this all is still inward and it outwardly there will be much activity briefly put this is the concept of bhagavad pada ultimately everything in the phenomenal world will be seen to be maya the one object the one and only reality is the brahman we must be one with it non dualistically without our having to do anything in the same way as the brahman i who bear the name of sri shankara keep speaking about many rites about puja japa service to fellow men etc it is because in our present predicament we have to make a start with rites in this way step by step we will proceed to the liberation that is non dualistic it is the method of final release that is taught us by sri krishna paramatman and by our bhagavad pada at first karma works then upasana or devotion and finally the enlightenment called jnana if we advance in this way by degrees with faith and devotion we will obtain the wisdom and mellowness of atmic meditation and inner control afterwards we may keep doing any kind of work outwardly for the good of mankind what is the best means of practicing atmic meditation we must be imbued with the tranquility that is from incarnate and remember every day in its quiescence let alone the idea of forsaking all works and becoming plunged in meditation let us also leave aside for the time being karma which itself is transformed into the high state of meditation these are conditions to which we must rise at a later stage in our inward journey but right now at the beginning let us train ourselves in the midst of our work to remain at peace and learn to meditate a little to start with let karma devotion and meditation be practiced together these are not opposed to one another but are complementary in the end all will drop off one by one and the samadhi alone will remain 
when we start our inward journey we must keep this goal of samadhi before us so every day leaving aside all other work we must practice meditation for some time but all the same we must not dismiss rituals as meaningless or as part of superstition we must keep performing them it is only when our impurities are washed away thus that we will realize the self luminous reality in us how to cultivate character and good conduct how do we acquire character how do we come to possess good qualities by living according to the precepts of the vedas and shastras and by following the good customs practiced by our forefathers as well as by performing the rites that have been passed down to us good conduct springs from a good mind so the mind must be free from evil are we able to see ourselves in a soiled mirror if we dust it and clean it well we can see our reflection clearly even a clean mirror cannot produce a proper image if it keeps shaking the mirror must be both clean and steady only then will the reflection be true and clear the mind the consciousness is like a mirror the supreme being is the only truth when there are no evil thoughts in us the mind mirror will also be clean if it is fixed on a single object it will remain steady like a mirror that does not shake only then will the parmatman be reflected in it suppose a copper pot has remained immersed in a well for 10 years or so how much rubbing will it have to take before it becomes clean the more we rub it the cleaner and brighter it will be if our mind has been made impure with evil actions over many years it can be made chaste only by the performance of many a good deed many a good work is it enough to keep the copper vessel clean for today what will happen to it tomorrow or the day after it will become dirty again if it is not rubbed similarly we must keep our mind ever pure by the daily performance of good works in due course a time will come when the consciousness will vanish and the self alone will remain thereafter there will be no need to cleanse the mind for the simple reason that there will be no mind to be cleansed until then we have to keep our mind pure through good actions and good conduct what is the meaning of worldly existence what is the purpose of my birth why was i born you must ask yourself this question again and again you must also have some concern about whether you will reach the goal of your birth why do we keep sinning is a problem that always worries us why do we get angry and why do we desire this and that can't we remain always happy without sinning without anger and desire we do not seem to know the answers to these questions the fruit is formed from the flower first in the tender unripe form and finally in the mellow form the flower smells fragrant to the nose and the ripe fruit tastes sweet to the palate the mellow or ripe fruit is full of sweetness how did the fruit taste before it became ripe and sweet the flower was bitter the tender fruit was astringent the unripe fruit was sour and the fruit that is mellow now is sweet peace means sweetness when there is peace all attachments sever themselves when the heart is all sweetness all attachments disappear there is attachment only so long as there is soreness when you pluck an unripe fruit from a tree there is sap in the stem as well as in the fruit it means that the tree is not willing to part from the fruit 
and vice versa but when the sweetness is full all the ties will be snapped and the fruit will drop to earth by itself the tree releases the fruit or the fruit frees itself from the tree the separation is without any tears and happy similarly step by step a man must become wholly sweet like a mellow fruit and free himself happily from the tree of samsara the cycle of births and deaths desire anger and so on are necessary stages in our development like bitterness astringency sourness and sweetness in the growth of a fruit when we are subject to urge like desire and anger we will not be able to free ourselves fully from them but we must keep asking ourselves why we become subject to these urges and passions we must constantly wonder whether they serve any purpose if we do not remain vigilant about them we will become victims of their deception we should not however remain always in the same state as the one in which we find ourselves today indifferent to everything at the same time when our bag of sins is still to be emptied we cannot thirst for the supreme knowledge instead let us keep doing our duty hoping that we will realize the supreme knowledge if not now after many a birth let us adhere to the dharma prescribed by the vedas if we do so we will proceed gradually to the supreme jnana now we are aware only of outward matters and outward disguises so let us start with the outward rites of our religion and the outward symbols and signs by degrees then let us go to the inner reality through the different stages from that of the tender fruit to the fruit that is mellow and sweet do we need rituals some ask me whether religious functions puja etc are not mere rituals atmic awareness is an inward experience as for rituals they are outward actions the question is how rituals will help in experiencing the self rituals are indeed not necessary for one who has realized the self but we must put the question to ourselves whether we have truly realized it whether we are mature enough for realization whether we have become inwardly pure were we honest we would admit that we are far from having become mature for awareness of the self by taking many births by performing many works and by the habits of previous lives we have concealed the bliss of knowing the self by conducting good rites and by associating ourselves with noble objects we have to banish the evil habits sticking to us from our past lives then there will be an end to karma itself and we will embark on atmic inquiry until then we have to perform what are called mere rituals the proper thing for ordinary people is to conduct all the rites mentioned in the shastras the benefits obtained from them may be seen in practice when a person takes care to go through the rites strictly in the manner prescribed in the canonical text he will gain one pointedness of mind this should be of immense help to him in contemplating the self later and the desire to follow the shastras in all aspects of life will mean that he will be brought under a certain discipline when we conduct rites according to the shastras our determination and will power will be strengthened since we subordinate our views to the injunctions of the scriptures we will cultivate the qualities of humility and simplicity 
So what do we gain by performing mere rituals? We will acquire one-pointedness of mind, discipline, non-attachment, willpower, humility. On the whole, it will help us to live a moral life. Without moral conduct, there can never be atmic inquiry and atmic experience. The starting point of yoga. People usually think that yoga means no more than controlling the breath and sitting stone like. The literal meaning of the word is joining, uniting. All through our life's journey, we have to join ourselves to various objects. But such joining is not permanent. That is why the mind remains unsteady. If we are joined to an object without the least possibility of being separated from it, it is yoga in the true sense. The root of the minds of all of us is the one Paramatman. Yogins control their breath to turn their mind to this prime root object. The root that gives rise to thoughts is the same as the root that gives rise to the breath. So if the breath is fixed on the root, the mind too will be absorbed in it.